There is one story that every person is a part of, and it goes like this. God created us out of love to be in relationship with him. But our trust in God was broken by sin, and we became separated from him. So God sent Jesus Christ into the world to redeem us and restore us to new life. We all belong within the big, universal story of God's redeeming love. But at the same time, we each have our own individual experiences with God. Our encounters with his grace, mercy, hope, healing. These moments are as unique and unrepeatable as we are. And they are stories that are meant to be shared. You're listening to The Story, a podcast by St. Andrew the Apostle Catholic Church. In each episode, a different member of our community tells the story of a personal experience in their journey to know and follow the Lord. Hello and welcome back to The Story. For episode 8, I spoke to another of our parish staff members, Janet Cook, who is our director of K-8 Faith Formation here at St. Andrew. There may be some people that haven't had the chance to meet you, so can you, to anybody who's listening hasn't met you, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, So my name is Janet Cook. Um, I'm a mom. I have three daughters, 17, 20, and 22. Um, I'm also a wife, and I am the director of faith formation here at St. Andrew. And so I'm in charge primarily of any youth, in pre-K through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I also help to support Marissa wherever she needs help or whatever duties. And vice versa. Yes. We work together yes, a lot. Yes, we do. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's a okay. lot of fun. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what did you, what story or experience are you going to share? Well, I have a pretty interesting story about how I am sitting even right in this room, um, how I even came to this position as a faith formation director. It was Totally a God moment, I'm just going to say. Yeah. Came right out of the blue. So it started a few years back. Well, actually, it started way back when I was little. But it's always easy in hindsight to go back and find out where God has been, like, working in your life, you know, Mm -hmm. your whole life. You had Mm -hmm. no idea. But it really was the aha moment. Happened about in the spring of 2016. At that time, I was teaching second grade in Detroit Public Schools, where I'd been for 22 years. And I, I was teaching with a co-partner. So we had a pretty amazing classroom at that point where we had, we had piloted this experience where we had 60 kids in a room. And I know that sounds insane, but it was pretty amazing. And we, we created um, center-based instruction where the kids We're in small group all day. And so we taught them how to be independent. And so we worked with groups of eight to 10 kids throughout the whole day. Um, We did have large group and small group, but that was primarily what we did. In fact, our school was, we were on Channel 4 and in the Detroit News for what we had done. So we we had a really cool, it it was awesome. Well, my principal decided to retire on the upswing, and I don't blame her. I would have too. Yeah. So we were really sad to see her go. So we had um, a new administrator come in, and um, he had a different style with the kids, and uh, it was pretty rough. So what was a very calm environment um, went downhill pretty fast. So it was sad, um, 
where we never had police in our building. The police were called repeatedly. It just was not a very healthy environment. And really, we weren't in a bad area. We bordered Redford Township. Um, uh, we had a great school before. We had great teamwork, all of it. But um, he had a different vision. And so, in essence, within two years, the entire staff, with, with the exception of about five or six of us, mm-hmm. were gone. They just... Mm-hmm left and so anyway the the building became out of control we were a pre-k through eight building and the middle school started to run the building um, we were asked to move out of the band room which is where we ran our classroom because mm-hmm. we didn't have a band into another room which was closer by the middle school wing there was not a lot of supervision down there and it things just got out of control and progressively got worse well one day it just came to a height these middle school girls were running through the halls, and they made a comment to me. It was degrading, and I had just lost it. And I, I, it really made me stop and say, I mean, I could have put myself in a situation that was not healthy for anybody at that point. Just because of how upset it made you? Yeah, she. she it, it was just, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And, um, and I... I was dealing with some other things at home in my personal life with my my oldest. She was struggling in school. My life just really felt like was already spiraling out of control, I think. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. And so this broken and hurting teen made a comment that in other normal circumstances, you would say, okay, and deal with her. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I was over it. I was done. And I wasn't having it. And I was tired of it. It took my pure strength to restrain myself from doing something to her. And I knew at that moment, this is not who I am at all. I, I was scared of my own self, to be quite honest. I was terrified. I had never been put in that position, nor have I ever felt like that. So it was pretty scary. So um, this was toward the end of the day. And I, I remember driving home on the Southfield freeway, and I was just crying hysterically like this is not who I am this is not I don't even know where this rage is coming from and why I feel so so bad so and I was asking God what is going on what did I ever do to receive you know what did I do why is this happening to me and I just couldn't take it anymore and I was like why even bother being here I was in a very dark place so he's like oh call St. Andrew I'm like what who said that some voice. You heard that. I heard a voice call St. Andrew. Now, I did not have a personal relationship with anybody here at St. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I didn't. I mean, I would come to Mass, but I didn't know anybody. I wasn't connected to anybody. I barely knew who Father Francis was at the mm-hmm. time. So I'm like, that. that's why it was so bizarre that that would even come to the forefront right. of my mind. It was just, okay. So I picked up the phone, and I was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> and I was embarrassed. Um, and, um, I think father was off that day, but they called me back the next day and he says, no, I would really like you to come talk, come on in. And I'm like, okay, I guess. So I came in, had a long talk. And when I, when I had come in, it was kind of funny because, um, I started laughing. And if anyone knows father Francis, he was the jolliest man. Loved to laugh. He did. And he could put anybody at ease Uh in a heartbeat. So I remember sitting there and I just said, you know, this is really silly. I, I had a horrible day. I just, so he just went on and said, okay, well, tell me more about it. And I kind of told him, told the whole backstory, how long I was there. And 
and, and I was I was really nervous before I went in, I'll be honest, because it's like I, I, I really didn't know what he was going to help me with. And it's like, OK, I usually see a priest for confession. I don't just have like hang out with him. Right. And like it sounds like you were really upset that day and then the next day like you said you you felt silly at that point because yeah. you calmed down yeah you know when you get upset and then later on someone talks to you and you're like oh, that was so silly but it sounds like he took it really seriously he, he really did yeah. and he really put me at ease and so I was so glad that I went just because it's like wow you know priests are there for pastoral support mm-hmm. and comfort and um and you don't have to just see them just for reconciliation they're yeah. really there because they love you and mm-hmm. They want to help us through our struggles. Yeah. And um, so we probably talked for about an hour and a half, I would Mm -hmm. say. And so toward the end of the conversation, he said, you know, I'm thinking that you should watch the bulletin. And he started chuckling. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, what am I looking for? What what am Mm -hmm. I supposed to do? So about a week or so later, there was an ad in the bulletin for this position for a director of faith formation. Mm-hmm. So I called Father Francis back because I wasn't quite sure this is what he had in mind for me. You're like, this can't be for <laughs> this me. This can't be for me. I mean, I'm just it a teacher. It must be something else. I, I'm a teacher and I've, I i don't know what I'm doing. Right. So. <laughs> so he goes, yes, yes. He goes, I think you would be perfect for this position. Your heart's in the right place. And, you know, and I said, you cannot be serious. He goes, no, really, I am. I'm very serious. So my big question to him was, well, how do I know it's God's will that I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do this and not just my deep desire to get the heck out of DPS? Because right. at that point, I really wanted to be out, but I didn't know what I could do or where I would go. or anyway. And he said one word, Janet, peace. You will know if this is the right thing, if you are completely and utterly at peace. And I was like, wow, okay, all right. He says, just trust the Lord and and give it all to him. And it just so happened that it was spring break for me. My kids didn't have spring break because we were off, our weeks were off. So I literally sat, I think, in my pajamas for a week. Because <laughs> I, I didn't tell anybody at home. Um, I was really struggling with this on my own. I, I knew... I was scared. I was terrified, really. Right. This is a big jump for me. Huge this is change. Huge. And it wasn't just a financial change mm-hmm. I knew I would be giving up, but I was scared. I was terrified that, you know, I don't know what background I'm supposed to have. Like, people go to school for, right. you know, administrative degrees mm-hmm. and things like that. And while I do have a master's degree, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in education, it was just a big leap of faith. And I wanted to make sure that it was the right thing. But I'll tell you, every book I read, like at the time I was reading Jesus Calling, and every book mm-hmm. and every devotion I read kept saying, keep an open mind. God has something in store for you. You mm-hmm. have to walk through the next door. It didn't matter what it was. Every scripture passage I picked mm-hmm. up. And so I just, you know, I just kept praying that whole week. And so I called Father Francis back and I said, okay, I think I will interview for this job. And um, so I remember I got to the interview and this guy walked out and he was very professional. And I think I recognized him. Mm. And he had a, he just was all put together and professional. I'm like, oh, write that off. Right, no, I'm <laughs> it's definitely not getting it. <laughs> I'm not. It's over. So I just said, okay, fine, Lord. If this is what you want me to do, then fine. I, I'm mm. all yours. So I went in and 
We had a nice conversation, and I thought the interview went better than I expected to, so I waited, and but the biggest hurdle was not, you know, I didn't tell my best friend I was working with her. We co-taught in the same classroom. How was I ever going to tell her if I got this job? How was I going to tell her that she'd have to teach by herself? I mean, I was, I felt we were together forever, so mm -hmm. I was really worried about that, and I was worried about how my husband would take it mm -hmm. and all that. So once again, I just went back to that reflection of what Father Francis said, and he said, you will be at peace. And you know, every time I talked about it, I was at peace. Hmm. Even through the interview, I was at peace. And I'm usually not at peace. I mm -hmm. garble my words, and I jumble my words, mm -hmm. and anyone who knows me, like even on <laughs> observations, my principal always knew she had to come in without me knowing, because I, I, there's always a running joke, you know, like... You know, Janet's going to totally flip it upside down and, and not make any sense. <laughs> so they just know who I am. I get really nervous. Uh -huh. so. so anyway, but I, had, I was really at peace through it. And um, I just felt like this, this was my calling. So I think I told my husband at this point, And I remember being terrified to tell him because it's a huge loss in income. But yeah. it was, and I remember telling him, it's either this or it's my mental health. I didn't know if I was going to make it right. another day. I, I couldn't go back. Mm -hmm. I just I just couldn't do it. And I felt guilty about that. I felt guilty that why can my friend go on and she's at peace and why am I struggling so much? Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of guilt with that. But I just think, oh, Father Francis told me that. I, I did mm -hmm. tell during the interview, I said, um, why am I feeling this way? And he said, because God has been trying to tell you for so many years, because mm -hmm. there were a multitude of things leading up to that it was time for you to leave. And you were too stubborn to listen to all the little hints he was passing along, along the way, that it's okay, I have your back, mm -hmm. but it's time for you to go. And so sometimes it takes a hurricane, a disaster, something, kind of wake us up and say, you know what, it's time. Yeah, especially when you have, like, I'm thinking about you, you being worried about your best friend or your family or all of these things. You've got all these reasons to not make a change and not do anything that's going to yeah. shake things up. Um, and it's really scary to make a big change. So all of those things weigh in. But I'm thinking about God just patiently trying to tell you that it's it's time to leave. And the way that he patiently does that versus the pressure yeah. of the things that we feel from outside is Sometimes I think that's where some of that peace comes from is yeah. it, there's not pressure with God. It's freedom and peace that he's offering us for whatever the I mean, you're talking about the door opening. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. And, and I tell you, it was like, okay, so I interviewed for this job. I didn't know if I had it or not, but how was I going to tell Jill uh -huh. that I interviewed for this job without hurting her? So it was so weird. So I walked in. It was um, Tuesday. And so I said, okay, I'm going to tell her. Okay, I'm going to tell her after we do dictation. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell her. We're right in the middle of dictation. And she said, okay, everyone, stop, heads down. Just put your heads down for about two minutes. And she turned to me and she said, Janet, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this. And we had a wild, rough group. I cannot do this anymore. We cannot. This group is too big. It's too out of control. I am stressed to the brink. We, we have to find another solution. We have to do. And I said, well, 
you should mention that. Funny you should mention that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but gosh, I mean, this is how I knew it was. Talk about a segue. God just laid that out for you. There you go. You give it to him and he paves the way. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, it was just like, I said, well, you might want to sit down for a minute. Because <laughs> I just went on this interview. I don't know if I got it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I probably didn't right. because there was this awesome guy that came, you know, was before me. But anyway, so it was like, oh, wow. Okay. I said, but this is what we can do. We can start moving toward ending the year and we'll start pack, you know, splitting mm-hmm. our stuff up mm-hmm. and all of that. And so she was okay with it. She mm-hmm. totally understood. Well, must have been a week later that we were in the car driving mm-hmm. around and we get the call. Father Francis, she's in the car with me when uh-huh. father calls. And he's like, Janet, I'd love to offer you the position. I was floored. I was fell over. I could not believe it. And so it was cool that she was there to hear uh-huh. it, you know, and celebrate that with me. And, yeah. and she was super, super happy. And um, so we worked toward the end of the year. I didn't tell my principal, but we mm-hmm. said we wanted to break down into two separate rooms. So that gave us the segue to start breaking down the room so mm-hmm. people weren't wondering what was happening, right. you know, with all of that. But yeah. so it just it just shows that you really lay down your life and give it over to God that he does have a plan for mm-hmm. you. And you don't know. I'm telling you, things can just come out of the air if mm-hmm. you're open to receiving it. Um, right. Because this is certainly not something. And I, I loved it. My faith was always there. It was strong. Mm-hmm. I had gone to a ton of different classes mm-hmm. here. And, you know, I was always reading and trying to learn more about it. But, you know, if God has a plan for you, mm-hmm. he's going to make it happen. Yeah. And it's like you said, you never had in your mind, maybe one day I'll leave teaching and go teach or apply my teaching experience to the church. Like they were just separate things. Yes. Yes. Totally. <laughs> and so, totally. And it just, that's what's I'm like amazes me because I just feel like when I hear this, there is no way that God wasn't directing all of this. Oh, there's just for all those little things of how they lined up and, and, and worked out. It, there's just no way. It, there just is no way there. It's just, a to- I mean, even when I told people at work, they were like, that's the last place. <laughs> I mean, just, just you're gonna do what? It's like, like, wow, you know, like, how did that happen? You know, did you apply? And I, you know, like, were you in search of it? Like, I had no right. idea. Yeah. You know. So then, so you got the job. Yeah, and I was like so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. But then. The cool thing is, <laughs> yeah. Guess who I met? Yeah, then I was starting the job at the same time. And so it was so amazing because we both came into it together. And it's I too was looking for a change and it was a totally different story than yours, but it also sort of fell in my lap. I was not looking to do this, but then when I did it, I just knew it was right. And it didn't make sense to anybody else. Yeah. And I don't blame them for that. And now I see God was leading me there because there's all these little things that helped. And so it was pretty, uh, I think, helpful for both of us that we had both been through a similar thing Mm -hmm. coming into this. And we both came into our jobs feeling like 
well, not feeling like we really didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> no, we were like the blind leading the blind. We, we so. felt like we didn't know what we were doing because we didn't. But yeah, yeah. it helped us to get to know one another. And I think we bonded over that. Yeah. Um, and we have a really good working relationship now, we which do. is we so, do. such a big gift. It, it has been. Uh, it's so. like, it's, it was all part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, mm-hmm. you know. And and what I would like to just share with everybody is that, you know, whatever your circumstances are, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, if you truly can find a way to give it up to the Lord, there is peace and he does have a way of of directing his sheep where he wants them to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just resting in the trust that he is with us always, you know, and being open to hearing his voice, you know, when he drops those little tidbits down or you know when situations happen sometimes he allows that because he's trying to wake us up you Mm -hmm. know like yeah he's trying to help you see something differently and if something if the circumstances don't change you're just going to keep seeing it the way that that you have yeah yeah and i i wanted to ask you about the difference uh between the two jobs like what were the things you were most worried about uh in terms of the differences between what you would be doing well, I was really worried because, you know, you're in charge of curriculum and programming and leading leaders to lead where, you know, before I was leading little sheep, you know, so I was really just nervous because it was a whole different experience. But the interesting thing is, and I think Detroit prepared me for this, mm-hmm. is that it's so similar you wouldn't think it was similar, but some of the struggles that I had in teaching are some of the struggles that I find here. Um, it's just spiritual in nature yeah. instead of academic. And, you know, we're all fearful. We're all afraid to be judged. We're all, you know, we're scared. I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm, and I'm doing this, but I'm little apprehensive to acknowledge that I need some help in certain areas. You're ta- are you talking about like parents and families? Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have to be perfect in everything mm-hmm. and knowing everything. Mm-hmm. And that um, I just want to be here to help them grow as I've grown, mm-hmm. you know. And, and there's no fear. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you had to know it all. You don't have to know it no. all. In fact, it's more humbling. It's beautiful when you don't because you're growing right alongside everybody else. Yeah. And letting them know that we're all in this together. I just. I want people to see Jesus for how beautiful he is and the plan that he has for you and for salvation and that to rest in him. I just wish I could express that Mm -hmm. and and help them come to love Jesus Mm -hmm. in the way that I've come to love him. And I grow deeper every day. And I may not be this theologian, Mm -hmm. and I I will never claim to be one, Um, but I love learning. Yeah. And I love working with people, and I love, you know, bringing others to Christ and helping them bring the kids to Christ. It's so beautiful. Yeah, and it's so it's funny now that you thought that you weren't qualified at all <laughs> for the job because I think that should be. I mean, I'm not the one in charge, but if I was, I would think that should be the top qualification. Yeah, that you love the Lord and you want other people to love the Lord, and you're wanting to help them get to know him yeah that's it that's it right so uh that's really cool and then now you also work with a much broader age range than you did from Uh Mm -hmm. kindergarten all the way to eighth grade oh yeah what's what's that like oh that's funny you should say that 
So when I was in Detroit, my principal, she would always say, I'm going to put you in middle school. You'd be great. I'm like, you are not. No. <laughs> so I, one of the first duties I was assigned to was uh, middle school. Here. You Here mean? at St. Andrew. And I was terrified. And I'm like, I don't know what to say to them. What am I going to say to these big kids? I have no idea. But I'm going to tell you something. I love the middle school. They are so much fun. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can converse with them even a little bit more and you can have a lot more right. fun with them. Right. I love working with middle school mm -hmm. kids. So they bring me a lot of joy. And um, yeah. So yeah, that was a big, that's always my other story. People are like, you work with middle school? Oh my gosh. You, you, said, you were no terrified. Way. <laughs> no way. I'm like, no, I love them. I think they're I love great. It. So again, so, things that we yes. don't know that God has for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so another thing, so because you're a mom, I wanted to ask you what you've learned through the time of, of working here as a leader in faith formation. Um, are there things that you've learned through being on this side of things that you wish you knew when you were a parent, when your kids were younger? Yes, I wish I had a more consistent, I guess, a more consistent faith life with them. Well, I should back up. My youngest daughter is the one who brought me very deep into my faith. Mm. She she was born with a love for Jesus that I did not know. Mm. She, I don't know where it came from, but she just had a natural, she was drawn to him. All, all children are drawn to Jesus, yeah. but she really was drawn to Jesus. Mm. And she had kept asking me these questions and asking and asking and asking. And I wasn't able to a answer those mm -hmm. questions. And so she really helped me. She, she brought it full circle mm -hmm. to me. So, and I just, I think, I wish I would have put more of, I spent more time in the outside world, the secular world, if you will, what the world is expecting me to be. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work out so well. It caused me far more stress mm -hmm. than I needed. And I wish I would have really, at a younger age and mm -hmm. early on, especially early on in my marriage, I wish I had had more of the faith mm. um, that I knew more about why Jesus is so important and what he has to offer me mm. and my family. Yeah. Um, I think there would have been much more peace and a lot less stress trying mm -hmm. to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, trying to work full time and work. 50 minutes away mm -hmm. on top of it and trying to juggle it all and, and three kids and, and three kids and I couldn't do it and my husband kept telling me stop acting like a stay-at-home mom because you're not one <laughs> you, you can't know? be a stay-at-home mom because you're not a stay-at-home mom. I'm not and mm -hmm. I tried to be and uh, I couldn't do it. To do it all I couldn't juggle it all and mm -hmm. I think that was partially the reason that I stressed I had mm -hmm. a lot of stress but um I don't think I really knew who I was I think mm -hmm. Had I really put my trust and faith in God initially a lot more, and I was starting to grow in Him, yeah, and with Him, and and so as I did that, I just realized who I belong to, and it's not the world. You know, I yeah. always had faith. I, I always mm -hmm. had faith that that from ever since I was really little, I had faith. I think it was, but as I put more trust that okay, if you have a plan for me, you know. I want to see it. I need to hear it. And I had to put my trust that he would take care of my oldest daughter. She went through a trial of her own, um, and I had to let go and let her go. And she moved out of state on her own and figured it out, and she's thriving now. So it, it was beautiful, but I had to go through that and 
and really just keep asking God to be with her and give me the strength and the courage to let her go and allow her to grow and do the things that she needed to do for herself and realize that she's God's child. I'm just her guardian. I mean, I'm I'm her parent, and I'm here, and I love her, and I support her through it all. So, Yeah, I was just wondering about that because you work with kids, and you there's for every kid that, you know, you have in a program here, there's parents and siblings and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all that connected to that kid, yeah. too. Um, and so I was just curious, you know, what insights you would gain on that. Um, and uh, I think the last thing I want to ask is, you know, your faith is is so crucial to what you're doing professionally, but also you're an individual person with a relationship with God. Uh, and so, you know, how does your personal faith sustain you professionally? Well, I have I have a devout systematic prayer life that I have to have. And so I journal a lot. Uh, I spend time in the morning before work journaling. And that has been a huge way for me to hear God in my mm-hmm. life and see the workings mm-hmm. that I don't even realize that he's been doing mm-hmm. for me. So when you go back and you read your journals, it's like, wow, look at God in all these moments, all these places mm-hmm. I didn't think he was around. Mm-hmm. And he, he was there. He was there through it all. And and I have to have that because even though we work in a parish that I love, I absolutely love my job, there's still struggles just like there are in any other job. Mm-hmm. We, you know, and we have trials and we have good days and we have not so good days. And I think had, had I not had as strong of a faith life mm-hmm. personally, I think it would be really hard for me to be healthy here at the parish. Um, it doesn't mean I'm perfect by all means. I'm far from Well, that. none of us. None of us are. Way. Hopefully we're not bursting anybody anybody's no, bubbles out no, there. We are no, very no, far no. from I perfect. I struggle. I struggle mm-hmm. just like everybody yeah. else struggles. But yeah. um, but I, I just, I love my faith and I don't know where I would be without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's what's important. And you know, when you were talking about your morning prayer time, I just got this visual of that that's this ground and you build each day upon it um and it's it sounds like it's really solid for you and yeah so to wrap up i want to go back to something that you had said before which was for you said something like it doesn't matter what you're struggling with um you can always turn to god with it so what do you say to somebody who's questioning like their professional life or they've got a big decision or potential decision on their hands and they're afraid to even like tiptoe into that at all because they're afraid of of that change. God will give you signs, um, but you have to have your eyes open mm-hmm. and your ears have to be ready to listen to those and maybe reflecting throughout your day. Uh, if you're not a journaler, maybe just sitting back at the end of the day and thinking about, okay, I asked God, I asked him to help me with this. What, where did I see him today? Where'd... Do you see patterns in your journaling? Like when you look back where God was? Yeah, totally. And a lot of times I didn't think he was there on the day of, because uh, I usually start with the scripture of the uh-huh. day and then that leads me down a rabbit hole sometimes. So <laughs> I will say sometimes I'm afraid to journal because I can end up getting an hour and a half into it where one thing yeah. leads to another. But yeah, it's really interesting. And you know, you can also find out who you are journaling and 
where your struggles, but where your joy comes from, those are the moments where God's come in. There's been times where I've said, okay, I need you to show me something right now. Like, I need to know that you heard me. This happened recently, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I came home, and, and right away my husband asked me a question about something he never would have asked me about, but it mm-hmm. was something I'd wrote about in my journal. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank it you. It had nothing to do with uh-huh. answering my question. But that journaling is that, that yeah. is a dialogue with but God. It is. And it wasn't, he didn't yeah. ask or answer my question about what I wanted, but because of what mm-hmm. my husband had said when mm-hmm. I came home was about something, it was like, that was a God moment. Cause he yeah. never would have asked me about that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess, that's Those, what I mean, like reflecting back on God is really working in your life and he'll give you little subtle clues. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, to, you know, and it's different for everybody. Yeah, it is. But I think that, that yeah. the journaling forces you to slow down. And when you're just going day to day, day in and day out, and it's the same thing every day and you get up and then you're busy and then you go to sleep and then you get up and you're busy again. It's just easy to lose that recognition or reflection on what's been happening and so that's one of the things that helps you do is to slow down and really recognize and see the things so uh jana thank you for sharing your story with us and i am glad that people who might know you as um, the faith formation director or you know director of the program for confirmation and things like that get to know you a little bit more personally and um, hear this really awesome story of how God worked in your life. Well, thanks for having me because you know how nervous I was about doing this. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> All, right, All right. Thank, thank you. you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Story. As a reminder, episodes are going to be released every two weeks going forward. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you're enjoying the story as much as we are enjoying making it. If you have a story from your personal faith journey that you'd like to share with others through this podcast or by other means, you can let us know by filling out the form at standrewsaline.org slash witness.